This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett. Heard every Sunday night from 11 p.m. to 1 a.m. on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett. Heard every Sunday night from 11 p.m. to 1 a.m. on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett from Zuma Radio, AM 740. Thanks for inviting me into your home. Long haul truck, RV, camper, taxi, your parents' basement, your loft, that greasy spoon just off the interstate, and your cabin in the woods. And a special hello to all of you listening in on our flagship station, Zuma Radio in Toronto. Those of you who are hearing this transmission, on one of our affiliate stations, the podcast at TalkZone.com, iTunes, Stitcher Radio, TuneIn.com, the Conspiracy Show app, of course, the the Zoomer Radio app, both free downloads, the YouTube stream, and hello to all of you in the YouTube stream chat room. Wherever and however you're listening, I bid thee the warmest of welcomes, and I thank you for your fine company. Uh, coming up in uh, just moments... Author, researcher, Donald Jeffries. He's standing by. Previously, Don penned Hidden History. Uh, He has a a brand new book out, which uh, won't be published uh, or won't be available, rather, until June or July. It's called In Survival, or it's called Survival of the Richest, uh, in which Don shines a light on the monumental economic inequality in America. That's coming up momentarily. In the second hour, Dr. Cass Ingram returns to the program. Uh, For years, Cass, the health hunter, has uh, been extolling the uh, virtues of wild of oregano extract oil, or oil uh, extract, as a cure-all, an ancient remedy that, um, well, there's just a stack of of scientific studies, peer-reviewed studies, uh, showing how oil of oregano can knock out all manner of uh, viruses. But tonight... Uh, coming up in hour two, Cass will be here to talk about turmeric. Uh, this is this. Uh, it's uh, it's it's in the ginger family. It's a herbaceous plant. It's a very powerful spice, and it contains a number of bioactive compounds with powerful medicinal properties. Uh, it's a natural anti-inflammatory. Uh, it's it, it's said to dramatically increase the antioxidant capacity of the body. So, uh, Dr. Cass Ingram will be along in the second hour to talk about turmeric. Uh, What's in the box is coming up shortly. First, let me introduce the boys in the band on the Flying V Gibson guitar, our technical producer, Ian Robertson, my fine rockabilly friend, 
And uh, are you touring around town? Anything coming up, uh, Ian, and, and your band that we need to know about? Uh, not at the moment. Not at the moment. All right. And the name of the band again is? Grease Marks and also Ruthless Ones. Ruthless Ones. And do you have a website? Yep, for both. What is it? Uh, both ruthlessones.com or greasemarks.com. Greasemarks.com and ruthlessones.com. All right. And um, our erstwhile, not erstwhile, our, our remote viewer in training and our story producer on the Rickenbacker bass guitar and occasionally the theremin, Albert Venzel is in the house. And finally, on the Hammond B3, our intern and producer of my weekly feature, Strange Planet, Ryan White. Um, I wanted to give you a heads up as well. Uh, in a couple of weeks, the Conspiracy Show is going to look a little bit differently on the, uh, the YouTube stream and sound a little different for those checking us out on Terrestrial Radio. It's, a, it's time, I guess, for kind of a, a fresh coat of paint and so we're, we're going to be rejigging the format slightly, which means, in a nutshell, uh, more guests and more open lines. And uh, as I say, we're looking at upping the, uh, the production values on the YouTube stream as well. Incidentally, we are streaming uh, on, live on YouTube tonight. So just go to YouTube and search The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett. And be sure to hit the subscribe button. We've set a modest goal of 10,000 subs. Uh, sometime in 2017, and we're almost halfway there. The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett. Uh, be sure to hit the uh, subscribe button. Now, my little guys, they watch YouTube constantly, and they have, they've got about three or four favorite YouTubers. I don't know if you're familiar, if your children or your grandchildren are watching these guys, Sunday and Craner, and uh, who are some of the other ones? Uh, Dan TM, I can't think of their names, but these, these guys are rock stars. And they're, they're, they play uh, games on YouTube. And they have, some of them have, like 80 million subscribers. <laughs> and as I say, they go on tours. They fill arenas. They go up on stage. And uh, they're the new generation of rock stars. So I'm, I'm just looking for 10,000 subs. <laughs> A pretty modest goal. And only you can help me get there. So again, go to The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett and uh, hit the uh, subscribe button. Also, please uh, say hello and follow me on Twitter at Richard Serrett, S-Y, because I love you, R-E-T-T. All right, uh, time for what's in the box, and this is where you get to uh, utilize your remote viewing skills, transcending time and space, and determine what is concealed in the cigar box uh, to my left. So I ask you all to direct your attention, again, to the cigar box on my studio desk to my left, here at Zoomerplex, located at 70 Jefferson Avenue in the Liberty Village neighborhood of Toronto, Ontario, Canada. There. Now you have the coordinates. Focus. Focus. Allow the shape, the texture, the color, the size of the object in the box to form in your mind. And if you'd like to participate in our remote viewing experiment, you must tweet. You must tweet and use the hashtag TCS Remote, TCS as in The Conspiracy Show, Remote, hashtag TCS Remote. And one of you will win some fabulous Conspiracy Show merchandise. Please take a moment, visit the online store at theconspiracyshow.com. We will reveal what's in the box at the bottom of the hour, but quickly, let's go around the horn. Ian, what's in the box? Uh, I'm seeing, like, dough like close to like 
Nan bread. Interesting. All right. Yeah. You're seeing nan bread or dough. <laughs> yeah. All right. And uh, Albert? Okay. Well, your unconscious has the answer, so it's just a matter of being still. But I get red and blue, maybe something to do with the Leafs or the hockey playoffs. And I guess like a Casino Rama playing chip or the hockey puck. You had it before. All right. <laughs> You're all over the place with that one, Albert. And uh, Ryan, finally over to you. I see like a cloth or a rag that's been dried up. A cloth or a rag that's been dried up mm -hmm. uh, because it is cold and flu season. Is that uh, a used tissue, perhaps? You wiped a table and then you put it in there and it dried up. Oh, I see. All right. All right. As I say, we'll do the reveal at the bottom of the hour. Again, if you'd like to participate in our remote viewing experiment, use the hashtag TCS Remote. Uh, Don Jeffrey's new book, Survival of the Richest, scrutinizes how the collective wealth of America has been channeled from the poor and middle class into the hands of a few elites. Thanks to disastrous trade deals, outsourcing, and the crippling of unions, American industry has been gutted with wages and benefits stagnant or reduced. The Occupy Wall Street movement and the presidential campaigns of both Bernie Sanders and Donald Trump reveal how much more and more people who are struggling understand that the system is rigged against them. Don Jeffries argues that this record economic inequality is more than an unintended consequence of globalism. In Survival of the Richest, he shows how the consolidation of wealth may be the greatest conspiracy of all. Don is the author of The Unreals, a novel lauded by the likes of multiple award-winning author Alexander Theroux and the and Night at the Museum screenwriter R. Ben Garrant. His first nonfiction book, Hidden History, has earned the praise of everyone from political operative Roger Stone, who wrote the foreword, to international peace activist Cynthia Sheehan, to former Congresswoman Cynthia McKinney. And his latest, again, is Survival of the Richest, How the Corruption of the Marketplace and the disparity of wealth created the greatest conspiracy of all, uh, with a foreword by yours truly. Don, welcome back to The Conspiracy Show. How are you? Fine, thanks. Thanks for having me. My pleasure. We should mention the book is available now as a pre-order on Amazon. And um, we, we, we chatted uh, earlier this month, or uh, I think it was earlier this month, <laughs> on, on Coast to Coast. And uh, the book catapulted to uh, the number one economic book and the number two international economic book on Amazon. How is it doing right now? Yeah, it's still holding its own. I mean, it's, it's still a few months from publication, but yeah, it, it went up dramatically after that. So hopefully it, uh, it'll go up again, and hopefully when it's actually out there, even more people will uh, check it out. Excellent. And the and the release date again, when is it When is it available? Uh, supposedly July 4th, if the date is so. July 4th, but it is available uh, as a pre-order at Amazon.com. Sure. Yeah. Uh, the the first, I mean, you just you just jump in with both feet, and the first several chapters is just you're hammering home how I use the term grotesque, really. This ec economic equality or disparity has become in the United States, and one of the most telling stats for me is this one, uh, and that is ninety percent of Americans ninety percent earn less than what minimum wage earners made back in 1950 when we adjust for inflation. Uh, I mean, people need to allow that to sink in. That seems almost incomprehensible. Um, walk us through some more examples that really drive home this economic disparity, if you could, Don. 
Well, yeah, the statistics are overwhelming, and some of them are contradict each other slightly, but you, you can get the main point that, uh, obviously, that the, the disparity is there and it's increasing. Uh, <clears throat> one of my favorite statistics that shows how little upward mobility there is is the fact that uh, 77% of people in the upper, the, the richest quadrille of Americans are college graduates. Only 9% of those in the lowest quadrille of Americans are graduate college graduates. And uh, when you, you, you look at it even further, you can distill it down even further, where most of, there's like 146 colleges that are considered the top colleges. These are the ones that pretty much guarantee a good job. A lot of colleges don't do that anymore, especially with the glut of degrees. And out of those, only 10% of the graduates at those top schools come from the bottom half of Americans. So, in other words, 90% of those who are going to the top colleges are in the upper half of uh, income-wise. So they're already doing well, their families are doing well, and that's that kind of stands to reason why they're there. But however you look at it, we're so far removed from what Thomas Jefferson thought and the other founders thought of, dreamed of a meritocracy. We definitely did not have a meritocracy in America. So the ladder, the economic ladder, where you, you, you climb the ladder of, to success uh, has been replaced by a rope, I guess. Yeah, it's it's just pretty much if you if you're born poor, you, you're pretty much going to stay poor. Uh, I have the exact stats; I don't have them in front of me in in the book, but it's 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 really difficult for the poor even to get to middle class. The middle class only a really a very small minority of middle class people get into that upper quadrille uh, to where they're considered wealthy to any degree. But if you're born wealthy, you usually become wealthier. You know, if you have wealthier parents, you know you become a Donald Trump who's born to a multimillionaire father. So it makes it a lot easier to become a billionaire. Uh, <clears throat> almost all these guys, uh, Bill Gates, did not have a middle-class uh, background. His father was president of Planned Parenthood. His mother sat on the, the boards of all kinds of big companies way back in the you know in the 50s when women were most women were stay-at-home mothers. And he comes from a line of a uh, you know a, a grandfathers that were. Uh, bank presidents and so forth. All right, Don, we're going to jump. I'll jump in here. We'll take a timeout. And uh, you know, this is not a socialist screed. Uh, this is. What's gone wrong with capitalism and how can we fix it? Don Jeffries, Survival of the Richest. Stay right here. The Conspiracy Show. Back with more in a moment. Exploring theories, uncovering facts, and offering a different view of the universe. This is The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett on Zoomer Radio. To speak with Richard live, call 416-360-0740 or toll free at one 866 740-4740. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett. Heard every Sunday night from 11 p.m. to 1 a.m. on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. Corporations, governments, and sometimes entire civilizations. What goes up must come down. And it lands on The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett from Zoomer Radio. Welcome back. Don Jeffries is with us. Survival of the Richest, how the corruption of the marketplace and the disparity of wealth created the greatest conspiracy of all. And it is uh, available pre-order at Amazon.com and will be published July the 4th. And uh, I was quite honored when Don asked me to write the foreword for the book. Uh, we uh, were talking about uh, the economic disparity. Let's let's look at the um, some of the excesses. Of, uh, I mean, these are legend uh, by now, but but when you actually look at the the numbers, it's it's grotesque. That's a word I used before. 
Uh, one of the, the examples uh, that, you, that you mentioned is John Welsh. For his uh, 20th anniversary at the helm of General Electric, he received a bonus, a gift, of $417 million. Uh, now, is GE paying taxes? Do they, pay, do they actually pay tax? Well, they, they went. Uh, he, he probably deserved that bonus because they, they didn't pay taxes at all that year, <laughs> and they've had a couple of years they didn't pay taxes either. And uh, that's a common uh, thread there. You know, one of the uh, little quotes I used at the beginning of the book was from Amaros Beers, who, who defined poor as those unable to pay taxes. For instance, Vanderbilt. <laughs> and so it's, yes. it's, it's been going on for a long time. Uh, you know, when they talk about Donald Trump not paying his taxes, it's it's kind of a long tradition, and people just kind of roll their eyes when they say it. Because, but I mean, theoretically, obviously, the wealthier you are, the more you're supposed to pay. But under our our system, the loopholes are, are always in favor of, of the wealthier you are, the more loopholes you have. Meanwhile, most of us, all and all workers, are subjected to uh, withholding taxes. And Social Security part is that you're only taxed the first hundred nineteen thousand dollars. So it's it's the most regressive tax imaginable. So not only do we really have a not have a uh, fair graduated income tax anymore because the wealthy often don't pay more uh, or even, uh, you know, what they would pay under a flat tax. But they actually, you know, Bill Gates and, and Warren Buffett, these people are, are paying at the rate of someone making $119,000 into that system, and they wonder why the Social Security math is impossible. Uh, it's, it's because uh, they're not taxing all income for it, and they're not means-testing at all, so that the Bill Gates of the world... Uh, much as Ross Perot uh, tried to complain about back in 92. He just wanted to voluntarily not take his Social Security, but instead all these people that don't need it are getting it. So it's it's a big mess, and all the benefits go to the rich. As, as I quote in the book, uh, affluence means influence. And if you don't have any affluence, you don't have any influence over those who make the decision. Uh, talk to me about uh, a, a sacred cow in the United States, uh, and that is the National Football League, and, and uh, how much they make and how much the... Uh, the um, that the commissioner makes and how much they pay in tax. Well, I, I think the commissioner's salary that was uh, Goodell was was it twenty thirty million something like that at last report for a few years ago. Um, doesn't seem to have that high stress of a job. Uh, and it's one of those jobs, uh, much like the uh, CEOs of uh, the oil companies, where it's kind of hard to to fail at it because you have a built-in product and Americans are utterly addicted to sports and football is the the biggest sport of them all. The NFL is the biggest. Uh, of all all the sports, even over college football. But uh, what we see is that these billionaires, even though they expect the workers to be able to, uh, they chastise them for uh, not being able to pay the loans that they were qualified for by banks who gave them the loans. But when it comes time for them to build stadiums, to put, they, they don't uh, go by the uh, decrees of the marketplace then. They don't put their own money in there. Instead, they come running to the taxpayers for a handout. And I'm talking about a real handout not the kind of handout that you might get upset about the, if a woman's have had an extra baby on welfare or something, the little bit that she gets extra for that. We're talking about millions, even billions of dollars. And it's, it's every time they build a new stadium, that's what they do. They threaten to move the team. And uh, most areas are so addicted to this game that they pay. It's basically bribery. I mean, they, they basically, uh, you know, extort them, extort the money from them. And uh, the, the politicians are all huge fans. I mean, they're because the NFL is powerful, so you have to be a fan of it. And so they always go along with it. No one ever, very few voices, uh, I quote Senator Tom Coburn in there. It's a few politicians, but the vast majority of them 
uh, are all too happy. We see about the traditions of you know the president inviting the winning teams and all the sports to the White House. We're we're a totally sports addicted nation, and, and politicians are no different than uh, most sports fans. But the and the NFL, what is it? Uh, uh, something like a nine billion dollar a year industry. Yeah, and it's, and it's tax exempt because it's considered a nonprofit. <laughs> this is something I learned from the book. I had no idea. The yeah, NFL yeah. is considered nonprofit. Yeah, yeah. How do they swing that? Well, again, they they have all the politicians. There's nobody. Nobody wants to go against uh, <clears throat> against something as powerful as the NFL. The NFL is very, very powerful, and uh, it, it it strays over into our uh, into the cultural aspect and even the celebrity aspect where. Americans are utterly addicted to celebrities. They are addicted to that kind of culture, and these sports stars become celebrities, and some of the owners do as well. And uh, no one wants to stand up to them, and it's uh, it's unfortunate. But again, it t- it takes courage, and most of our politicians uh, are, are severely lacking in courage on all these issues. Couldn't you argue, though, uh, Don, that is one area where it is still a meritocracy? I, I read a statistic once that there are there are more qualified brain surgeons than there are uh, people who can play baseball at the major league level. They often say hitting a round ball with a round bat that's traveling on 100 miles an hour is one of the most difficult feats in professional sport. I'm not saying that anyone's worth, you know, a five-year, $100 million deal or whatever it is. But at least there is a meritocracy, and for many people, that is their—that's their road up that, that or that's their—that's the rung on the ladder for them. Well, yeah, I think I think to some extent, sports is sports is a pure, and, and baseball, I certainly would argue because I, I agree with you. Having played sports, uh, I, I've always thought that hitting a baseball is is the hardest thing to do in any sport. But as I mentioned, something in the book uh, for uh, basketball players and football players, especially, uh, it's largely a size driven. For instance, Shaquille O'Neal was a superstar in basketball, but I think if he had been six feet tall, I don't know that he could have made his high school team because he wasn't a good dribbler. He, you know, he really wasn't a good passer. He certainly wasn't a good shooter, other than the fact that he could bang his huge body around and you know slam home jams. And uh, I think when you're seven feet tall, very few people are seven feet tall. So I, get, I think it gives you a huge uh, leg up. And I, I have a quote from Donald Luck, and there's everything in life is luck. And I think luck, you know, genetics is certainly luck. And <clears throat> we talk in the book about uh, the way looks provide, uh, you know, I, I have all the stats in the book where, you know, just having blonde hair gets you more money, having, being a little bit taller. The taller you are, I, I don't know what the exact stat is for every inch taller you are, but you make more money on average. And people tend to look at you as a leader. And uh, it's, it's just, I don't know if that shows that we are uh, a plastic society, you know, very uh, shallow. But uh, in, in terms of athletes, I agree with you that it's, it's more of a meritocracy, but I still think that... Um, Luck plays a large degree, in it. and certainly I would look at the at the billions that the owners make from it first. But uh, and it's really the major two sports where the athletes make out like bandits are baseball and basketball because their their contracts are 100% guaranteed. And uh, football, although it's the biggest sport, the owners control their players a little bit better than the other uh, sports do because those those only the signing bonuses typically are uh, guaranteed in football. So for some reason, even though it's the biggest sport, they have the by far, I don't. I guess contracts are slightly better than the NHL, but not much. Right, and the average career is only about five years, and the average right. lifespan of an ex NFLer is not right. is it's disturbingly you know very right. low for a lot of. Uh, well, I mean that just you just you know I guess they just they sacrifice that, but yeah, when you're when you're taking those kind of collisions constantly, I mean it's not 
You know, it's not something that, that, that very few people do. So, yeah, you, you run into the same thing in, re, in pro wrestling, although it's obviously it's scripted and it's entertainment. They are flinging their body around, and they have a very short life expectancy, wrestlers do. Right. Because they're, they're, you know, they're taking lots of falls and so forth. And uh, so, yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm not, I didn't mean to, you know, really come down on athletes too much in there. But I think there's just something fundamentally around, wrong in a, <clears throat> in a society that values so much you know, being able to stuff a ball through a hoop or, 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 or catch a football or whatever. Or even actors. Is Keanu Reeves yeah. really worth, nice fella, a good yeah. Winnipeg boy, but is he worth $100 million a movie? Exactly. I, I just think that, uh, you know, you have, you have tons of, so many people that try to make it in Hollywood and go out there and never make it. So the, for, the fortunate few, I understand it's, it's probably something like the athletes where they're, although I don't think it's the same meritocracy, I think they're probably lots of other actors out there just didn't get the breaks and that may uh, hold to some degree with athletes as well but um it, it just seems a little excessive the kind of money and, and but that may change if we continue going down this path and the economy continues in the direction that it's going eventually people will just stop being able to go to movies and in, in sports it's artificially being kept afloat, especially the NBA. The NBA does not draw big crowds at all. And, and if you'll notice that when they're on television, they tend to stray. They don't go up in the stands much because they don't want you to see all the empty seats. But corporate America especially really backs the NBA. Right. And it's the, the luxury boxes. Yeah. yeah, they have the sky suite boxes everywhere, and they'll give tickets to their employees and so forth. And merchandising is huge. Yes, merchandising is huge. And I, I would argue really that the only two sports that have any – Really solid fan bases uh, are, are baseball and hockey. Hockey has a huge fan base, and, and so does baseball. And they're both, especially baseball, because they play 162 games, it's, it's still affordable for a family as compared to, you know, NFL game is, you know, 16-game season, so right. I have the ticket prices in there. And it's just, it's, it, it's hard for anybody unless you're given tickets by your company again. And some people do get those perks. And I think a lot of those people you see in the, st- in the stands at those games are getting free tickets. I know certainly uh, most of the time as an adult when I took my kids to the games, uh, most of the time it's because I got free tickets. And uh, that was even then. Now I, I just, you know, I, I love sports. I was a season to get over the Caps hockey team uh, years ago, but uh, and I, I think I wrote that in the book about how much it cost back in the early 80s as opposed to what it would cost now, and it would just be working the same kind of job that I had, a kind of a, a starting blue-collar job. You just can't do it. So they've they've really priced fans out of it, and uh, it's being artificially kept afloat. But if it eventually gets to the point where they don't have that core baseball fans, or it just gets too expensive, and certainly with movies, with films, if people just say, you know what, I I I can't go and and spend uh, fifteen dollars a ticket or whatever it is now um, to see a movie that I you know I don't have any idea if I'm gonna like, and. Um, I think eventually they're going to feel that. But right now they're enjoying everything. They're getting their $100 swag bags and $100,000 swag bags. And I wrote in the book, I, you can find it online in mainstream uh, sources, that the average celebrity gets about $100,000 a year in free stuff. And that's obviously much more than double what the average American makes every year in right. calories. Right. Those who, who can most afford it seem to get everything thrown at them, free meals, and right. they can't buy a drink to save their lives. Uh, Don Jeffries is with us, Survival of the Richest, How the Corruption of the Marketplace and the Disparity of Wealth Created the Greatest Conspiracy of All. Uh, but this isn't class envy. Uh, I mean, you're a, you're a capitalist, right? This is, not a, this is not an anti-capitalist screed. You're saying we had a great system. Somewhere along the line, it went off the rails. We have to get it back on track. 
Yeah, I, th- I think the system as devised by the founders is, is about as perfect a system as can be. But the problem is in the political arena, the checks and balances which were meant and, and brilliantly devised by the founders to stop the concentration of power. Populists like me, that's what we hate. We hate too much concentrated power anywhere. And what has happened is the legislative branch a long time ago gave up its, its power and as a result, the judicial branch and the executive branch are way more powerful. It's completely out of whack. Now that's and we keep reelecting the you know the legislature ninety six percent clip every election. So whether you know maybe they're not counting the votes. So either way, we're screwed. The elections are rigged, or the populace just doesn't know what it's doing. But in, in terms of uh, of capitalism, I, I believe in free enterprise. But what we have, I think, now the system is is devolved into a corporatism, a corporatocracy, or uh, crony capitalism, and you can see when you, it's it's not there is John D. Rockefeller said a long time ago competition is a sin, and you can whether you're going to gas stations or uh, buying the latest toy or, or whatever movie theaters everywhere you go the prices are pretty much standard restaurants uh, you're not going to have a whole lot of of choice like if you want to buy a gallon of milk it's pretty much going to be within a few cents at every grocery store and that's that's where, in my mind, a, a true free enterprise system, if I'm owning a gas station across the street from another guy, I'm going to lower it a couple cents just to try to get more people in. Now, that may reach a point where, okay, you can't lower it anymore, but you don't see that. What we see instead is we see they look at what, you know, they both have the same price. If it drops, it drops identically. If it goes up, it goes up identically. And uh, I, people just don't have any uh, kind of choices with that. It's, it's you know, we'd like to be able to... Uh, and most people don't have time, like, for instance, to shop and, and compare. I mean, there are a lot of people, would, for instance, would not would like to go somewhere else other than Walmart because of its business practices. But in many areas, that's all that's there. And uh, they may not have the option of, uh, you know, they have to drive 10 miles to find a shirt that, that they can afford that's even close to what they can get at Walmart. So, And certainly to try to buy American. I, you know, we all hear people saying buy American. Well, there's not much made in America. I mean, try buying an American electronic product. Try buying an American computer or an American television. It, we've outsourced on that. Much of the book, as you know, is, is, is about that. And that was uh, one of Donald Trump's most appealing uh, aspects of his campaign when he was talking about uh, bringing industry back and all, all the outsourcing and offshore uh, stuff that the businesses have done. And, and I think he meant it. I, I think he meant it. I mean, somewhere along the line, someone, when he was attempting to drain the swamp, the swamp started to drain him. Yeah, yeah. And uh, perhaps uh, the uh, the globalists uh, s- snuck in through the back door, and they seem to have his ear right now. But I'm not ready to throw in the towel. I think he may still be our last best hope. Don Jeffrey stays with us. Survival of the Richest, How the Corruption of the Marketplace and the Disparity of Wealth Created the Greatest Conspiracy of All, right here on The Conspiracy Show. My name is Richard Serrett. Don't go away. The world is being pulled over your eyes. This is The Conspiracy Show with Richard Sarrett from Zoomer Radio. To reach Richard, call 416-360-0740 or toll free at 1-866-740-4740. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of The Conspiracy Show with Richard Sarrett. Heard every Sunday night from 11 p.m. to 1 a.m. on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. This is no place for the naive or the faint-hearted. The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett from Zoomer Radio. Welcome back. 
Don Jeffries is with us. Survival of the richest. How the corruption of the marketplace and the disparity of wealth created the greatest conspiracy of all. It's available at Amazon pre-orders, that is, and it will be out July the 4th. Um, so when did this start to go wrong? When did the, the ladder, climbing the ladder, one rung at a time, the um, pursuit of the American dream, uh, go by the boards? Can we affix well, I, I a date to it? it? I think, you know, Horatio Alger's stories have, have always been overplayed and uh, exaggerated in the media. For instance, I, uh, if you go to my blog, I have a, a long chapter on celebrities and uh, just famous people of all walks of life and uh, how they all tended to come, or almost, I mean, a huge percentage of them tended to come from uh, upper, at least upper middle class, if not wealthy backgrounds. And this goes way back. So, I, you know, but there was, there's no doubt about it, you know, at least up until... I would say the 80s is when we really started to see the disturbing trend we see now, you know, with the Reagan era, um, the tax cuts, and I think that had a lot to do with it. I, I'm not a, you know, I, I don't necessarily, I don't like uh, higher taxes, but I think it's indisputable that when you have those higher tax rates on the wealthy, uh, that just coincided with the uh, the best years in terms of uh, the economy that America's ever seen. Now, they certainly benefited from the post-war era boom. But, but JFK was a big tax cutter, and, and that grew yeah. the middle class. Yeah, well, I think J- in JFK's case, I think it, his tax cut benefited more the middle class. Certainly, the, uh, I think we all you know pay too much in taxes, and what I try to stress is uh, what we're getting in return for those taxes. We, we're certainly not a, a, you know, a lowly tax nation, but if you, judge, if you looked at our services that we get, you certainly got our infrastructure, another point that Trump drilled home. He's the first candidate to do that in a long time. Our, our nation is literally crumbling. Our roads and bridges and, and uh, uh, railroads and uh, you know, our, what, what we have out there is for any kind of uh, mass transit is woeful compared to other first world nations. I mean, our, our roads especially are embarrassing. And, uh, but you know, when you spend time on, on all this uh, foreign policy intervention and bombing and occupying and, uh, and uh, corporate welfare and so forth, it's, you're not, if you neglected something for so long, and you see now it's, it's, it's a huge job to try to repair it, but uh, I, I think that we have to do something uh, about that if we're going to be a first world nation, but um, certainly in the 80s, as I said, I think that's when you really started to see when you, I don't believe the term CEOs was in, in common usage before that time. That seemed to be kind of a, once we, we got out of the uh, the last of the hippie era where the country seemed to be drifting left and then uh, Jimmy Carter's presidency was uh, considered a disaster with the high interest rates and uh, the Iran hostages and so forth. But after that, you know, Reagan was viewed as, you know, he was bringing us back, uh, kind of making America great again. It was a new morning in America, whatever. But I think a lot of America was ready for that. And he, there was a boom for a while, much as there was in the 90s. But I, I think the collapse would have come sooner. I think we had an artificial stimulus in the 90s with the dot-com boom, which no one could have foreseen. But one, And a lot of people made money on that pretty quickly, including some people that weren't rich, like people who worked at AOL and so forth. But once the artificial once the dot-com boom you know evaporated then we started to see okay look we've we've spent especially once nafta was passed and and all these awful trade deals that again trump talked about we have no factories left we have no uh, there's no industry in america and all those people that used to work in the factories and have good jobs that didn't go to college they're still out there but they have nowhere to go and 
the constant uh, plea from politicians is this tired rhetoric about education and getting up. Well, college education is worth less with each, pers- with each college degree, obviously. You flood the market and it's, its value diminishes. We see that now, even though, as, again, as I put, most of those college degrees are, are going to the people at the top. It's not, they're not going to the people at the bottom who really aren't, either aren't able to afford a college or they just realize there's no point to it. But um, I, I call public education triage. They're essentially uh, creating serfs for the new global economy so that they can stack boxes of cheap Chinese imports. Yeah, well, you, you, but what you have now, when, when people, again, unless they're going to those top colleges, which only the people that are already coming from wealthy families are able to get an Ivy League and so forth, but... The, the, these t- people that are going to colleges in their area, their state university, certainly anybody going to community college and transferring to a four-year college, they're coming. If they're coming out with, unless they have a very specialized degree, if they're able to go to law school or something, they're coming out with a business degree or degree something like, like if I was going to college, I'd get a history degree or an English degree or something. And unless you become a teacher, which you're not exactly going to make a great salary at that either. Uh, it, it becomes, it, it's really not worth very much. It's certainly not worth the cost if, if you're in that lower income level and you have to, as uh, so many college students have to, uh, it, go, go in debt with a college uh, lo- student loan. And the average student loan, I believe, is uh, 32000 now. And that's just criminal because what kind of a job do you have to get to pay that kind of loan back? That's, uh, that's like uh, you know, putting no money down on a, a really good car and what kind of, you know, how long it would take you to pay it off. And uh, that's what's happening is so many of these kids are realizing that uh, it wasn't worth it. That's why you have videos out there like the college conspiracy that, uh, <clears throat> you know, you hate to discourage people from going to college, but the problem is unless you can get in those top schools, you're coming into a job market where they're going to offer you jobs that used to require only a high school degree, and they're going to pay you maybe $30,000 a year. And if you've already got 30000 or more in debt, how long is it going to take you to take that uh, to pay that off? And uh, college uh, student loans are not even uh, able to be wiped out by bankruptcy. <clears throat> so you're stuck with that. And uh, whenever anybody's talked, Obama kind of flirted, I think, with the idea of at least uh, lowering the loan, uh, the rate, or something. But as I said on uh, Coast to Coast, we're long overdue for a year of jubilee, and I, I think that that would be one way to stimulate the economy for for those who. You know, or continually asked to sacrifice, and they can't sacrifice anymore, is to absolve them of all their debts. Explain that, that what would... that, that term means. Well, well, we'll take a break, and we'll come back. We'll uh, Oh, we've got to do uh, the reveal for what's in the box, and then we'll uh, learn about the year of Jubilee. And also, uh, time permitting, I want to talk a little bit about another populist. Uh, back in the 1930s, down in Louisiana, they called him the Kingfisher, Huey Long the governor of uh, Louisiana, who was, uh, turns out, a very dangerous man and paid the ultimate price for his populist views. Don Jeffries is with us. Survival of the Richest, right here on The Conspiracy Show. Don't go away. Where there's smoke, there's The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett from Zoomer Radio. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett. Heard every Sunday night from 11 p.m. to 1 a.m. on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett. Heard every Sunday night from 11 p.m. to 1 a.m. on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. Loose lips sink ships. And sometimes corporations. Got something to say? Call Richard Serrett now at 416-360-0740. Or toll-free at 1-866-740-4740. 
All right, before we get back to our conversation with Don Jeffries, author of Survival of the Richest, we'll do the uh, What's in the Box reveal. Let me just uh, go to the uh, the Twitter feed here. Uh, Heidi, I thought it was a hockey puck. Adam, an egg beater. Sapphire, a sponge. Uh, Heidi, um, this is a different Heidi. No, same Heidi is now coming in, uh, weighing in with uh, a rock, a deplorable artist, an Alexander the Great drachma, circa 30, 321 B.C., uh, Hector says a toy. Uh, let's see what else do we have. Amanda, three pennies. And uh, let's see. Drew, a silver or gold coin, possibly a piece of gold or silver jewelry. Ross, I see something green, sort of pickle shaped, a pickle. Ed, a piece of candy. Leo, a white golf ball. Eric, a binder clip. Uh, Ed, a tea bag. Paul Smith, a chain necklace, paper clips joined, or some sort of links. And uh, James Grimmer, a pair of sunglasses. Sally, I see something roundish and fuzzy, a sheep with lots of curly wool, a cute toy sheep. And uh, Benjamin, cinnamon toast or breakfast item. (laughs) All right. Sorry. Uh, Here we are. It is... Da-da-da-da, timpani. There we go. Domino. Domino. Thanks for playing along. All right. Uh, back to uh, Don Jeffrey's survival of the richest. Uh, you, you, you talk about how the messages of, of people like Bernie Sanders and Donald Trump really resonated with a lot of uh, voters uh, this year because of that message that the system is rigged. Both sides were saying that. Um, but I want to dial back. You, you, um, you spent some time talking about Huey P. Long, the governor of Louisiana. Now, was, let me ask you, was, was Huey, in your estimation, a socialist? Because he certainly sounded like one. No, I believe Huey was populist. Uh, and I, you know, a lot of people think I sound like a socialist, too. Uh, pop, uh, what Huey, I mean, for instance, his tax system would have been fairer to the wealthy, at least to the, other than the 1% of the 1%. What he proposed under the Sharon Royal Society was to exempt the first million dollars from taxes. Now, this, this was hardly, uh, and to just consider the ramifications then that you know one million then would be like what I don't know fifty hundred million or something today, so just imagine if you if, if what wealthy person wouldn't want that? But the problem is, everything over that million was going to be gradually taxed. I think ten percent, twenty up to like a hundred uh, at ten million. I believe it was a hundred percent. So anything over our ten million was a hundred percent. So you know who he's going after. He wasn't like a, a Roosevelt of his day or. A Bill Clinton or a Lyndon Johnson back in his day, or Hillary Clinton or Nancy Pelosi, the so-called liberals that we have now, they when they talk about taxing the rich, it all invariably falls on the middle class, maybe some lower members of the one percent. But the one percent, the top of the one percent, the one percent of the one percent who have the most wealth, that's where you have to go to get the money. And Huey Long realized that then. And I think the proof that he wasn't a socialist is in the fact of, that he wanted to exempt the first million dollars from taxation. And he also was uh, smeared after his death by the Socialist Party of America, the Communist Party of America. Now, they should have been a hero to, to, to them, but they weren't because they didn't want to do that. They weren't looking to do that. They were looking for state control and what we see in communist countries everywhere, which is hardly a sharing of the wealth. And it's really just a kind of a different version of what we see in uh, Latin American dictatorships. And, and it's kind of a meld of that that we're building in America with a kind of a, a third world feel to it, where you have all this incredible wealth at the top, and uh, especially with the importation of so many people from third world countries 
to do all the jobs supposedly the Americans won't do, it gives it uh, that third world feel, and eventually you're gonna we're gonna start start to resemble a Latin American country because that's when unless Trump or someone else can can quell the tide of it, or unless we experience an absolute collapse, that's the direction we're heading. How much of immigration, and especially the encouragement of illegal illegal immigration or the unwillingness to address illegal immigration, is being driven by these elites who are trying to suppress wages? Oh, I, I think I think all of it is. I, I think I think the only, and the only reason I think that the the left doesn't point that out is because of the fact that most of the immigrants are non-white, and the left today is so utterly devoted to political correctness they just can't do it. And I think that's the only reason why. I think if we were being you know invaded by Canadians, you know, and they were majority white, I think you might have a different view from the left because clearly when you have people coming, but of course that's not even a good analogy because Canada's a uh, country that's uh, on an even par with us. But when you're having people coming from uh, desperate circumstances, where you know an apartment with ten other people uh, with the air conditioning and heating and cable TV looks great to them, that's an uptick in their standard of living. But what? So I'm not blaming them, and I understand why they want to come here. The problem is they're being exploited, and I think really the illegal immigrant thing is part of the overall effort. I, I really believe that uh, there's a plantation mentality among those at the top. And I think they would love to have actual slaves back. And, in fact, one point the left never makes, and I, I like to try to point out, is there are 30 million slaves in the world today, including 10 million in India. I don't hear anyone calling for a boycott of India. In fact, uh, you know, Trump had a chance to finally end that H-1B visa program, which has been deadly to the IT industry especially. But I don't hear anyone, uh, no one seems to mind that we're importing, uh, I mean, what are boycotts for? There's, there's a boycott that would have some teeth. But instead, we're still talking about the Confederacy in the 1860s, and as if that's the only flavor that ever existed, when there are 30 million slaves in the world today, and uh, lots of them are coming from a country that is flooding our IT industry and, and doing a, the sort of damage to wages there that uh, illegal immigrants from Latin America have done at the lower end of the spectrum by being exploited and, and willing to work for uh, much cheaper than Americans traditionally ever, ever were asked to work for. Almost 50 million Americans are on food stamps. 50 million. Uh, I mean, how much, how much worse is it going to get? I mean, I'm looking at disruption, disruptive technologies, uh, artificial intelligence. The, the governor of Arizona was all excited because uh, some AI firm was coming to Arizona that was going to introduce driverless vehicles. You've got a country that one in four people work driving truck or something like that. I mean, this is gonna. This can only get even worse. Yeah. Well, I mean, and, and, and I talked about all that in the book, but it's it's our leaders have they just simply don't tackle these problems because they don't apply to them, and that's why we talk about affluence means influence. The people at the top are never going to be replaced by an illegal immigrant. They're not going to be replaced by an H-1B visa worker. They're not going to be replaced by artificial intelligence. You're not going to get an AI CEO or an AEI in, in, AI in top management. All they care about is what will, what will artificial intelligence do for my profits. Obviously, they'll, they'll drive down their labor costs even further, and they'll, may, they'll have bigger bonuses every year. And that's all, you know, we, we talked about even going back to the you know, robber barons. At least had some kind of you know, consciousness about the civic pride and realizing that they had to, to something about a greater good. As bad as they were, the ones that we have out there now have they're absolutely reprehensible. They they don't all they care about is how big is my bonus. I'll 
I'll lay off 10,000 people and I get 10 million more. That's all they care about. And we see that over and over again. And no one's calling them to task for it. You know, Bernie Sanders will have the rhetoric, but Bernie Sanders, one of his proposals during his campaign was to raise the payroll tax. And again, as we pointed out, the payroll tax only falls to those on the payroll, which are the workers, and it only is on the first $119,000. So that 1% he's after wouldn't have paid a penny more. And that's the kind of thing when people hear that, yeah, soak the rich, they don't understand. Just like when uh, I talk to my friends all the time when Republicans talk about cutting taxes, they have to cut the taxes of those who have the money, who have the income, who have the wealth. So they're going, they're going to t- cut rich people's taxes. Most of us would not get a tax cut under those circumstances, not under any of their plans. So you have to look beyond the rhetoric, and that's why I said that's why I love Huey Long so much because he was the last person that really cut through it all and went after the absolute top. That's why he fought with Roosevelt. He understood what FDR was doing. FDR is playing that he basically invented the modern liberal game that Harry Truman followed and then later uh, Lyndon Johnson, JFK, again, went against it in many ways. That's why he was killed. But uh, every liberal Democrat since then has basically idolized uh, FDR, and they play the same game where if you see a problem, let's, let's create a program. Let's right. create a big bureaucracy. $22 trillion has been thrown at poverty since Lyndon Johnson declared war on poverty. $22 trillion. Right. Has it alleviated it at all? Yeah, boy, just imagine what would have happened if that $22 trillion had gone directly to the people, which would happen under a Huey Long type thing. Just imagine. You wouldn't have any more poverty, but because it goes into those the black holes and the programs and so forth, and so many people, we talked in the last interview about the poverty industry and certainly getting things like social services that are social workers that are just, there's so much abuse there, especially with children. Well, but, those are the new takers, right? I mean, you, you yeah. talk about how Ann Rand and, and uh, how how pervasive that philosophy is. You ask most CEOs, you know, what are they reading? They'll, they'll talk right. about Atlas Shrugged and all of... Yeah. Um, but, uh, and she talked about, you know, the, the takers and the makers. Yeah. But to she, me, she the... the uh, yeah, she, she said there's, there's, there's nothing, there's no reason why we should be our brother's keeper. You know, that, that's, I mean, she, and, and she declared herself uh, an enemy of God, although she was an atheist. I don't know how that works. But, <laughs> yes. but, uh, but she's the hero of conservatives. All these, you know, the, the Rush Limbaugh... Glenn Beck, all the and all these uh, Paul Ryan and people like these odious politicians we have now. That's why it's so hard to choose. Uh, you know, if you, if you had to choose between like a, a Hillary Clinton type and a Paul Ryan, I mean, gosh, just it's awful because we saw he, he managed to do the impossible, and he almost, and he got again Trump. One of the first things Trump did that made us really roll our eyes was when Trump got behind that awful Ryan rewrite of Obamacare. Right. It's it's hard to make Obamacare worse, but Ryan's would have done that. Because it would have even given even more power and to the insurance companies and uh, more breaks to the very wealthy, and that's everything that comes out of that Republican Party, and that's why it's so disturbing. Recently, what has happened with Trump is because the Republican Party is completely conservatives are driven, and it's it's largely you know through the love of people like Ayn Rand. They, greed is a virtue with them. They love their job creators. You can't even say the word rich anymore. Job creators, which is well, it is disheartening because many of us were so hopeful. Uh, that yeah. we finally had a disruptor who got over the wall and uh, was going to shake things up. And as I said earlier, he I think he went in there intending to drain the swamp. And it's still early, but sometimes the, 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 the swamp drains you, and I think that's what's happening. I think he went in there with, with good intentions. We'll see. It's, it's just barely not even 100 days yet. Um, again, Survival of the Richest, available July the 4th. 
advance. Uh, you can buy uh, or order in advance uh, through Amazon.com. Don, uh, always a pleasure. I hope you'll come back again and again. Anytime, Richard. Thanks for having me. My pleasure. Survival of the Richest, how the corruption of the marketplace and the disparity of wealth created the greatest conspiracy of all. Dr. Cass Ingram will extol the virtues of turmeric. On the other side, in the meantime, don't forget the YouTube channel, The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett. Hit the sub, uh, the sub button and uh, please follow on Twitter at Richard Serrett. The website, strangeplanet.ca, strangeplanet.ca. As always, follow the truth. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett. Heard every Sunday night from 11 p.m. to 1 a.m. on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. Live from Toronto, Canada, Earth, The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett on Zoomer Radio. Welcome to the Audio Imaginarium. Come on in, weary traveler. Hang your cloak on a peg, grab a stool, and come gather around the fire. There are stories to be told, and you are among friends. Ian Robertson is here behind the glass, twisting the dials and the knobs. Albert and Ryan are here in studio with me. Once again, we are streaming live on YouTube, The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett. Uh, Please hit the sub button as we uh, attempt to... uh, Garner 10,000 subs sometime this year, sooner rather than, la- uh, sooner rather than later. Uh, Dr. Cass Ingram, the health hunter, is uh, standing by to talk about the numerous health benefits of a very powerful spice, turmeric. Uh, in the meantime, I just wanted to acknowledge uh, some mail. And this is actually very fortuitous or synchro- uh, a great deal of uh, synchronicity involved here. I, so I, I come into the building. I make my stop at the mail room on the way to the studio here. And I open this up. And it's uh, from uh, Jackie Cranston here in Toronto. And uh, she writes, this is back on April 13th, she writes, hoping you will decide to interview Dr. Cass Ingram to speak about his book, The Bone Building Miracle. And uh, she goes on to talk about how she is a breast cancer survivor and how she met Dr. Uh, Ingram at the, uh, uh, I think it was the Total Health Show, which is uh, just finishing up now here in Toronto this week. Uh, But uh, she met Cass back in 2014, I think, and uh, she got his book and went on this this protocol, and uh, she's doing well and seems to be in remission. And so she wanted me to to mention that. I think what I'm going to do is I'm just going to – I'm going to forward this entire letter to uh, Dr. Ingram, and he'll uh, he'll join us in just a few moments, not to talk about uh, the bone – uh, the bone-building book, but uh, about uh, the wild turmeric cure. And very quickly, I also want to acknowledge this. I got this from, um, I don't want to mention or give too many details about his identity, uh, but it's Robert, and he's in Lubbock, Texas, and uh, I don't know if he's listening. I know his sister is because she originally reached out to me by email, but Robert in Lubbock, uh, I know you're going through a, a lot. He wrote a very lengthy uh, letter, and... Um, he believes he's a targeted individual. He is being electronically surveilled and harassed and tortured. And um, he's asking for my help. It's a, really a heartfelt plea, and I, my heart bleeds for you, Robert. What you have to understand is I am a broadcaster. Uh, what I can do for you is to, to draw attention to this uh, subject and bring guests on and bring experts on and talk about it. 
unfortunately, I'm not in a position to do any... I can't make it stop, whatever you're going through. Uh, but, uh, Robert, if your sister is listening and she wants to get a hold of me by email, uh, and it's um, Alejandra, if you're listening, I can, I can pass on the names and contact information, I think, of, of people who can help you. And the one that comes immediately to mind is uh, Dr. Hall, who is just... Um, well, he's in San Antonio, Texas. You're in Lubbock. He's in San Antonio. This is his area of expertise. So, Alejandra, if you want to get in touch with me by email, I'll put you in uh, in uh, in touch with Dr. Hall, and uh, then hopefully he can reach out and and be of some some benefit. All I can say to you, uh, Robert, is um, my thoughts and my prayers are with you. And I'm, that may not sound like much. Uh, but I am thinking about you, and I will continue to talk about targeted individuals uh, on this program. I, uh, I kid you not, I get weekly emails and letters about this. And, um, uh, you know, there may be some people out there who think they're being targeted, and they're not, and perhaps there's some underlying uh, mental health issues. Um, but there are those who genuinely are, I, I sincerely believe, being targeted. And who better to pick on? than people who have an underlying mental health condition because, unfortunately, those people aren't going to be believed. So it's a very complicated and, and heart, uh, heartbreaking situation. And by all accounts, it's affecting millions worldwide. All right. For centuries, turmeric has been uh, touted for its healing properties, uh, specifically as a powerful anti-inflammatory and a very strong antioxidant. As the main spice in curry, it's widely accepted as one of the most powerful herbs in the world, since it's thought to both fight and potentially reverse disease. There are currently thousands of peer-reviewed articles on the health benefits of turmeric, with a focus on its active compound, uh, curcumin, which makes up only about 3 to 5% of turmeric. Uh, I mentioned thousands. In fact, there are something like, I think the latest count is 6,200 scientific studies, all peer-reviewed on turmeric, primarily focusing on the varied health benefits. But can it really shrink tumors, reduce pain, kill bacteria? Well, that's what we're going to discuss for the next 45 minutes or so. Dr. Kaz Ingram is a nutritional physician who received a uh, Bachelor of Science in Biology and Chemistry from the University of Northern Iowa and a DO uh, from the University of Osteopathic Medicine and Health Sciences in Des Moines. Dr. Ingram has written over 20 books on natural healing. He has given answers and hope to millions of people like Jackie Cranston here in Toronto through lectures on thousands of radio and TV shows. His research and writing have led to countless cures and discoveries. He presents hundreds of health tips and insights in his many books on health, nutrition, and disease prevention. He is one of North America's leading experts on the health benefits and disease-fighting properties of wild medicinal spice extracts. He's a popular media, media personality and has appeared on over 5,000 radio and television shows. He now travels the world promoting perfect health the natural way. His latest book is The Wild Turmeric Cure. Hey, Cass, welcome back. It's been a while. How are you? It's great, great. How are you doing? I, I could have almost been in the studio with you because I just flew back from Toronto. Well, uh, how is it to total health? Yeah, we're two ships that pass in the That's night. Crazy stuff. And how about, I don't know if you were able to hear that letter. I, I, I didn't read the letter. I just mentioned yeah. this Jackie Cranston. I'm going to forward that to you. Yeah, my friend, Miss Cranston, I saw her over there. She's doing really, really uh, very good. Uh, and uh, She had a mass on her breast. Yeah. 
and um, she read The Bone-Building Miracle. Yes, and I know we're not that. focusing on that today, but what does The Bone-Building Miracle have to do with breast well, cancer? It, that's just another book she loves. Ah. It's a new one. Oh, I see. But before that, she read The Cures in the Cupboard and some of the others. So she, she originally was pounding the juice of oregano, the oil. Uh, she was pounding. Now she's pounding the wild turmeric. She was pounding a number of things, you know, uh, that helped her stabilize all that stuff and gradual systematic improvement in what is really regarded as an incurable type of breast cancer, inflammatory breast cancer. There's no surgery, there's no chemotherapy, there's no radiation for that one. So it's a perfect case, perfect case study to use the, the natural cures, you see. Well, and very quickly, again, just to go back to uh, your favorite, uh, the Wild of Oregano uh, yeah. oil extract, the P73. Uh, two weeks ago, it was on a Friday, and I suddenly had uh, this uh, scratchy throat. And by the time I got home, I had to crawl into bed. Now, I've had pneumonia a couple of times, so I'm susceptible. Oh, yeah. And, um, I mean, it went immediately into my lungs and, you know, gave that drowning feeling. So I started putting that oil of oregano under my tongue as much as I can stand, because it burns. But yeah, I, that's a good one, a good, powerful one. You I put it under my tongue, three, four drops, uh, every three or four hours. And um, strangest thing, normally a cold starts in the head and it moves down to the chest. This one came up out of my lungs. I knocked it out of my lungs within a couple of days, and it went. then it developed into a head cold. And well, from there, that's manageable. I can deal with that. You see, that might be a sign that the fungus was trapped in the sinuses. Ah, and he was going to hunker down in there. You can blast him out of the lungs easy, but when they're trapped deep in the sinuses, that takes some work to eradicate. Right. Well, it was. It's. Uh, it's two weeks now, and I'm just back to. I'd say about ninety nine percent. Yeah. Yeah. But that oil of oregano, it it did it. It and, hammers uh, it. Hey, you know, a little caveat. We did. We analyzed because uh, all this oregano kind of thing going around. We analyzed thirty brands, uh, and we found that uh, that a, a fair amount had synthetic. Carvacrol added. So just make sure, you know, when you listen to radio like this, you don't know what you're hearing half the time. If you're going to buy oregano oil, get what we're using, the wild stuff from the mountains, and it's 100% natural, and you can take it with impunity. And if you have to take it every day for a while for some crazy thing, so just remember P73, that'll be a way you get quality. Now, turmeric's yeah. also another funny issue because what, you know, turmeric, if it was such a cure-all, everybody would be pretty well. We eat curry now and then. And we eat some tandoori chicken. But actually, that is also a thing. How do you get the cure from turmeric? They used, they used the whole food form in antiquity. Right. You know? Yeah, this is part of the ginger family, right? Yeah, it's the same family as the ginger. It's a rhizome. And there's a lot of evidence in Ayurvedic lore that is excellent medicine. Now, that was before they had pills. So they were doing something with the root and with the extract or the, you know, the, the, the spice, and they were getting big benefits. Right, right. So, yeah. but, but, but it's just explain now, um, turmeric is what gives curry it's that yellow flavor, yeah. or that yellow color, right? Right. Now, so it's not the curry, it's the, the turmeric but it's not even the turmeric. It's the curcumin inside the turmeric? What it is, the, well, curry uh, is medicinal because it has many things, and turmeric is medicinal, so that's the powder. Turmeric is the correct, I guess, way to say it. Turmeric is a medicine more than it is even a spice historically, and it has about 240 active ingredients. You know, you would expect that from a, a root like that. 
One of the active ingredients, so we have turmeric. One of them is curcumin. And there are the, there are the curcuminoids, you see. Curcuminoids, there are three to five of those. And then, and so everybody's been focusing on that, isolating it, extracting it, and then giving it to you in a supplement. But it's got 240 ingredients in it. <laughs> so, right. So the wild turmeric cure takes a little different look. It looks at wild turmeric. It also looks at the whole food form. And, and so there are also turmerones. Turns out that the curcumin is very important for pain and inflammation and anti-tumor. And the turmerones are even more aggressive on tumor. And they also cross the blood-brain barrier better than anything else. So those are very important as well, because you know turmeric is associated with the decline in cognitive, I mean, with preventing cognitive decline. Well, I mean, one place, you know, obviously where we find a lot of, of turmeric is in, is in curry, as we mentioned, and that's very popular in, in Asia. Have they done, um, have long-term studies been performed in places like India? Uh, I mean, is there a correlation between cancer rates and, and uh, the fact that they eat so much turmeric? Yes, there's, there's some reduction in cancer rates in high-spice consumers, including uh, curry and turmeric. But what the, the big study that was the that eating curry or turmeric powder three times a week, like putting a lot of it in your, when you're making the, the base for a stir-fry or some other dish, the, the Indian Pakistani people who were eating the curry at least two, three times a month, and of course some of them eat it every day, they had 1,000% less Alzheimer's uh-huh. than the non-curry and non-turmeric consumer. Fascinating. All right, uh, Cass, stay where you are. We'll come back on the other side. The Wild Turmeric Cure with Dr. Cass Ingram, the health hunter, right here on The Conspiracy Show. Don't go away. Big Brother is listening, and so are you, to The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett from Zoomer Radio. To speak with Richard, call 416-360-0740 or toll-free 1-866-740-4740. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett. Heard every Sunday night from 11 p.m. to 1 a.m. on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett. Heard every Sunday night from 11 p.m. to 1 a.m. on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. Peering into the shadows where the truth often hides. You're listening to The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett from Zoomer Radio. Dr. Cass Ingram is with us. The book, the latest, is The Wild Turmeric Cure, and his website is CassIngram.com, C-A-S-S, Ingram, I-N-G-R-A-M.com, CassIngram.com. I mean, this spice is taking the world by storm. I was reading here where if you go to places like in Australia, uh, now you can order a turmeric uh, latte. Uh, If you go to uh, the Netherlands... A turmeric yogurt is very popular, mm. and they did now. If you if you um, launch a food product with turmeric or curcumin uh, health claim, your your uh, your sales go up by seventy nine percent. That's how uh, how turmeric has just taken the, the the food and beverage industry by storm. Everyone yeah. is jumping on board, and why not? I mean, the science seems to be there to prove it. The science but, is there. The t- turmeric is a very powerful anti-inflammatory, not just the curcumin, 
but the actual whole food spice and the the root itself. And so it has a way, its chemicals of getting into the joint capsule and shutting down the inflammatory cascade. It's a it's really, really, really a good thing for pain and inflammation, muscle, joint, bone. Uh, you know, it's, it's, it's not necessarily just by itself the total answer, but it's giving people relief. And, you know, one of the testimonials on the actual wild turmeric in terms of a supplement is a woman who had, was on Celebrex and a couple of other potent anti-inflammatories. She was able to use the supplemental form to get off the drugs. So, so it's acting like the non-steroidal anti-inflammatories and aspirin, giving people relief for pain. Right. Even that's enough. Right. Uh, now, now, turmeric milk will do that to some degree, so it's not just supplements. You, uh, the key is either in a, a good supplement that is well-absorbed, and I'll explain that, and or a whole food form with good absorption. Just putting it on the salad may not work. Here's why. You need the fat to drive the absorption. Ah, okay. So, so that... Don't you also need black pepper to help with the absorption? In some cases, black pepper is, is going to help, but ginger will do it too. Uh, so ginger irritates the gut, black pepper irritates the gut, you know, and that drives the absorption a little bit. Some people are reactive to black pepper, so I like the idea of ginger. Now, there's something called Termamilk. I've got to, I don't know if you have that to try. I haven't seen it, no. Termamilk is a combination of, of organic and wild turmeric with organic ginger with salon cinnamon. It's delicious. Now, you can try making up your own concoction, but this is nicely pre-made for us. We, we bring the almond milk or the raw organic milk to a simmer, as it's, as it's heating, we put a teaspoon of this turmeric milk or your own turmeric with some cinnamon, black pepper, however you want to do it. And you, you, and you let that simmer for six or seven minutes, and then you add the butter. So you already have it in the milk base, which is emulsifying into the fatty globules, but you add the more butter or ghee to it. <laughs> hmm. Then you add, if you can... If you're not a you know intolerant to the sugar, if you could add some raw honey, you see at the end. Now that's a turmeric milk or golden milk, ah, okay. and that's ultra delicious. But what it is, it gives when you drink that. If you're having stiffness, it's best to drink at night. Stiffness and because that accumulates to the night, uh, or or joint or pain. You're going to feel better by the next day or even by that night. You're going to sleep better. But there are, I mean, cognitive. You do have to be mindful of, of, of there's a certain sort of daily limit of, of turmeric. No. No? No. No? No, okay. not at all. Now, it, it's, uh, uh, it's the, it, you can take as much as you want, actually, to the digestive tolerance. So if you wanted to take and drink four cups of turmeric milk or six, if you wanted to... Uh, if you wanted to take and use two teaspoons of turmeric in your omelet, you know, I, I don't mind. I'll use a whole teaspoon. But it's not a big deal. Now, you mentioned the anti-inflammatory uh, anti, uh, qualities. Then what does that tell us about, because you mentioned dementia and Alzheimer's. Uh, okay. And wh- is, that, is there an, is there an inf- inflammatory or an inflammation yes. aspect to that? Yes. I'm telling you. Turmeric's benefit is in the cardiovascular 
the anti-syndrome X, you know, the pre-diabetes and all that, with the peritoneal fat deposition and the high blood sugar. It's, it's against the arthritis. It's against the fibromyalgia. It's against the digestive, like irritable bowel, spastic colon, gastritis. That's itis, right? Right. But what it, does inflammation have to do with Alzheimer's? It does. Because, you know, in Alzheimer's, we found infections. Lida Matman's work is pretty classic, where she found 9 out of 10 Alzheimer's had spirochete infection in the right. brain. The connection between Lyme disease yes. and... Right, right. We've talked and about then that. also that you have the herpes getting into the brain and you have the chlamydia, so they're causing inflammation. So if you could shut down the inflammatory cascade, then, and the same is true with osteoporosis, it has some value there, uh, then, you, then the body says, okay, I can start healing. But there's another thing. The termorones. The termorones, why that curry powder, powder study works so well, they weren't even taking supplements. The termorones go into the blood-brain barrier and protect, protect, uh, block oxidative damage, you see? And, uh, and then what about the anti-tumor properties? That's well-documented. That's also inflammation to have cancer. Are these animal studies or human studies? Animal and human both. Animal and human, all right. Uh, so this is not... We're talking about the letter of the science and the Ayurvedic history. So we're not even making medical claims. It's all documented. So how, uh, how is it best, uh, you, you want the organic turmeric, uh, presumably? quality. Yeah. Here's the situation. Everybody's listening on the edge of their seat. If you go buy just any old turmeric, there are some minor and some significant risks. Some of it, unfortunately, has high bacterial count. Uh, as a habit in India to use urine and dung from the cows as sacred, and they sometimes mix it with the turmeric. Ah. But when it's dried, you wouldn't know. And it could have a high bacterial count if you're just buying low-grade commercial. And you won't have that problem if you buy organic. Second one is lead. There's a scandal because some of the turmeric, if you just use a little shaker here and there, but what if somebody's taken a couple teaspoons? I said it was good for you, right? How is the lead getting into the turmeric? They polish the root. Is a tradition for 200 years to use lead chromate. Oh, my Lord. Yeah. That's why when you see the pictures on the internet of all these uh, these skinless roots, lead chromate. So you have to make sure if you're going to be using the kinds of quantities therapeutically that it's you know a good quality product. Uh, so that's why I talk about the wild one. Nobody can do anything to it. Uh, our connections in India, they're harvesting it wild. Uh, nobody's messing with it with lead. It's steam sterilized. It doesn't have any microbes. And so, so, so this turmeric milk I was mentioning is an example of that. But we should also talk about the organic. That's another good option. Oh, yeah, it's certified organic, so it's more going to be safer. But you're not just buying the root. You're buying the extract, Root right? is good, too, though. Oh, the root is good. Okay. Root is good. Try to get good source. Uh, and, uh, and that one is to be juiced, to be cut up, to be... Uh, to be juiced and put into... But again, you're not going to get too much out of it unless you put it in fat. Yeah. Because... Uh, the because again, it's perfume, all about the absorption. The pig, hmm? It's all about the absorption, and you yeah, need the, the you need the, the animal fat to... Why do you think they get such benefit from curry? They're cooking it uh, as a starter in the oil, and then they add the meat and the poultry or uh, cheese or something, and they do the tandoori chicken and these types of things. 
So you've got the fat and the oil to drive the pigment into the cells. That's more important than anything. Now, everybody's concentrating on black pepper, but black pepper is an allergen, and some people don't do well with it. The fat's more important. And then another thing is the supplement. If we, They made a disaster. They kept isolating the curcumin, and it was so difficult to absorb. So they were adding black pepper, and then you know what else? Uh, uh, nanotech. They're putting nanotech gold and silver and titanium and surrounding the curcumin and trying to get it to absorb that way. Uh-huh. And then they're taking uh, soy lecithin. Well, no, it comes from GMOs. They're taking soy lecithin, and they're trying that. But that's silly because you can see my YouTube video. If they go to, while we're talking, if they go to castingroom.com, if I knew how to do it, I'd put it on your show. I'm not very good at they go to CassIngram.com. They can see me stirring this vat of turmeric and trying to dig it out. What they, we found was that when you take the extract and you melt it with the whole turmeric, if you put the turmerones in and you took, put the essential oil in and you put the wax and resin in and you melt it all together, right. then it completely dissolves and it completely absorbs. Do you have some case studies you can cite? Uh, let's say, for example, someone uh, who was in the throes of dementia. I, I mean, I mean, to, is, is, it, is it reversible? Be, dementia would be early dementia. We'd have to do a study. The, the, what I have is more in pain and inflammation. All right. I had a woman who had sciatica 20 years. Nobody could do anything. I gave her the, the Termorol, and I think the new name is going to be Turmeric Power Plus. It's a wild turmeric. I gave that to her. It obliterated the sciatica in three days. She went around telling the whole world about it. You know, if you had sciatica, you know how... Oh, yeah, it's uh, debilitating. I had uh, many cases so far of arthritis responding to this. Chronic pain, fibromyalgia. But no, I don't have any data yet, uh, human, on Alzheimer's. On, uh, on pre-diabetes syndrome X... I found it to be effective in a couple of cases, and uh, to support Lyme. No, here, many cases of Lyme. I'm using it. You know, I'm the lead doctor in Pittsburgh in the pandemic zone on Lyme. And you survived it. You had it bad. Oh, bad news, man! I was in a wheelchair. Then nobody knows for six months. From you know being in the bush, you know, health hunter. What is he going to do? How's he stay out of the woods? And. Uh, yeah, it, 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 it helped cure my Lyme, but I've been giving it in, uh, to the Pittsburgh cases, many of them 20, 30-year cases of Lyme, and I can prove they've been reversed. Not just turmeric. You have to give the oregano to kill the spirochete, oregarest, different bits. But uh, that's what I know. Pain and inflammation, I can, I, can, I can tell you it's very effective. And the same is true with this turmeric milk. I had a woman very bad pain. I made her two big cups of this, my recipe. Next day, she was moving around really good, but you have to continue that. That's the thing with turmeric. It's not a miracle cure. You take it once, you're better. It's not like the oregano. You take it for five days, it destroys everything, right? Right. So this it's a preventative. You just supportive. Right. You've got to continually, it has to be constantly coursing through your system. Is that the idea? That seems to be the case. Now, it may reach a point, like with Lyme, we're hitting him with the Termorol, now known as Turmeric Power Plus. We're hitting him with the oregano juice, oregano, oil of oregano. You bomb out the spirochete, 
Well, then you don't have to take turmeric every day for the rest of your life. You kill the pathogen, you know. But with arthritis and fibromyalgia and all these chronic pains, and they're on codeine. You know what's going on. People are dying from overdoses. Sure, sure. And that now codeine and all these opiates are becoming the gateway to uh, to heroin. Thank you very much, Afghanistan. Oh, it's terrible. We conquered it and made the brought the opium back. Um. The uh, again the uh, what about the antioxidant quality? Is it it's being also heralded as sort of this anti-aging? Uh, people are using it on their skin. Yes, so it far. has. It has a, a definite uh, blockade. There's many things too. Chaga does that. Rosemary, sage, but it does have a moderate antioxidant effect, and it's been known to be for eczema, a little bit for psoriasis, for dermatitis, for skin disorders, for aging from sunlight. It's India sun. So, uh, somewhat. And I think you're going to see a lot of cosmetics. I guess Estee Lauder's dabbling in it. Um, but I'm a kind of a hardcore guy. I want the really aggressive stuff. So I like this wild turmeric milk. I, I like the extract. I don't have time. You know, so, so I, I just take it under the tongue. I take the capsules. I try to bomb it and bomb the pain out so I can be limber. And, but I do like the, I like the milk. It's delicious. And and the best turmeric comes from where India, the turmeric. Yeah, it's coming from India and a little bit from Sri Lanka, no, Ceylon, Sri Lanka. Sri Lanka. All and right. some from Philippines is not too bad. Uh, in Indonesia, but this originally from India and Sri Lanka. But but it's the wild stuff that you really hepped up about, right? The wild one is about fifty times more aggressive than the commercial type. From my experience, the woman had sciatica. They, they just they eliminated it. The uh, the cases I've had, here's a case of someone with arthritis on three different drugs that she took the Termorol slash Turmeric Plus and, uh, and got off of all three of the, of the non-steroidal anti-inflammatories. All right, we'll take a time out, we'll come up. We'll open up the phone lines as well. Questions, comments for Dr. Cass Ingram. If you've got an ailment, he's got a spice. Back with more of The Conspiracy Show, my name is Richard Serrett. Stay with us. Pin Numbers passcodes, social insurance numbers. If they make you wonder how private they are, here's two more numbers. 416-360-0740 or toll-free at 1-866-740-4740. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett. Heard every Sunday night from 11 p.m. to 1 a.m. on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. Fasten your seatbelt and put your tray in the upright position. You're about to leave everything you know behind on The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett from Zoomer Radio. Welcome back. We are here with Dr. Cass Ingram, the health hunter, CassIngram.com, and his latest book is The Wild Turmeric Cure. And uh, this remarkable and powerful spice... Uh, turmeric, which is found in curry. It's what gives curry that yellow color. It's kind of a natural food coloring. And uh, it is being heralded as one of the great antioxidants and uh, in anti-inflammatories. Uh, and inflammation, of course, is the root of, of many debilitating diseases, uh, things like um, arthritis and um, uh, heart disease, cancer, uh, but also has been uh, at least... Case studies and uh, some research suggests it has as as a um, an effect on on dementia, diabetes, 
Uh, the list goes on and on. Let's grab a phone call here. And uh, first up, we have uh, Jane, and I know she's calling south of the border. I'm not sure where. Jane, where are you tonight, this morning? Jane, are Hello? you there? Hi there. Hi. Actually, it's James. Sorry. James, my <laughs> apologies. All right. Where are you calling That's from, right. James? Uh, Colorado. Ah, welcome. Okay, Thank you have a question. Thank you uh, for having me. Yeah, I just, I actually had a question for the doctor. So I just put myself into medical debt by being sent to the Mayo Clinic in Arizona because I've been having all kinds of weird neurological symptoms and every test comes up negative. I've been tested for MS, ALS, uh, AIP, pretty much just anything under the sun, um, and they can't find anything. So I'm wondering what, uh, what's, sort of the best recipe I should go for um, to maybe give this a shot. Mr. James, can you just tell us what your symptomology is? Sure. Um, I've had uh, body-wide fasciculations, mental fog, color blending, color spots, um, stiffness and pain in the legs, mostly in the morning, um, and no one can figure it out. I've seen several neurologists. Uh, several doctors and eventually got sent to the Mayo Clinic and was put through the ring and roll there, and they came up with nothing. Okay. Um, and, uh, and obviously obviously, you, you, you don't know of any tick bites. Um, I actually grew up in the South, and we used to pick them off regularly uh-huh. when I was a child, yeah. Uh-huh. Now... Now, now, you didn't look at your tongue uh, and see if you have a coated tongue or anything like that. Um, I mean, they've checked me. No, they that. can't Actually, do the anything. Way I mean, you, you have to check. I started your... to get uh, paresthesia in my tongue, and then it sort of evolved from the paresthesia in the tongue into all of these other symptoms. Okay, you know, I suspect the ticks. Is Colorado a, a hot zone for, for ticks? Yeah, of course. Rocky Mountain spotted fever on top ah, of it. Right, right, of course. Yeah, and uh, that you had the ticks back then. So now yeah. with time, they accumulate the poison. And the thing is, if you start bombarding that with the oregano and the turmeric, you'll blast that out of Dodge. Okay. Yeah, you need the juice. Like you say, you need a recipe. You need the juice of wild oregano. You need the oregarest that with the sage. You see, we made a discovery. Sage kills the spirochetes. And all those fasciculations mean your brain's being attacked anyway. We know that for sure. Right. And then you should get on some of this. You know, maybe maybe you should call the good people that are doing the wild turmeric. I don't know if that's okay. Give out a number or should I give a website what I do here? Uh, all right, give out with the website. Okay. Why don't you go to the oregano.com, at least you can look at this wild turmeric. And you need to get as much of that wild turmeric sublingual drops as you can. Right. And juice of oregano, uh, oregarest, and the super strength oil of oregano, that'd be a good recipe for you. Now, you got a wife? Uh, No, I'm single. Okay. Somebody could rub your back with that oregano oil. Oh, Okay. Let it soak into the spinal column. That's what I used. Uh, that's what I uh, I had the mighty Aphrodite rub that up and down my spinal column when I had, I thought I was getting pneumonia. Yeah, um, yeah. And let that great. soak in. And here's one more thing, Mister Serrett. Cannabis. All right. Well, it's legal for the fasciculation. <laughs> so it is here. Yeah. 
you want to get the good quality raw extract. So look into that. You're talking I use about the, the cannabis oil myself. You're talking about camp- uh, cannabis oil, correct? Yes, I'm using the hemp and all super strength. I have it right here. I love it. And I had a guy with Lyme tremor, I, and I just knocked it out in 72 hours. I just made him take it under the tongue repeatedly. And it just, you know, he'd had the tremor for 25 years. So the, 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 huh? the tremor is, is, is one of the symptoms of, uh, of ticks. That's, yeah, because it's attacking that, uh, the brain stem. They claim to have tested me for for that when I saw one yes, when I went to one of the clinics but... and, and down in the south you could have any kind of germ even an unknown one That's oh I the see. issue James uh, good luck to you all the best and and uh, let's hope that um, you get to the bottom of this thanks I for checking it. in from Thank Colorado you. all right uh, let's go next to Dana in Vermont beautiful Vermont hello Dana yes hi how are you gentlemen very well welcome yeah. to the conspiracy show yeah, okay, I'm 60 years old, and I was told that I'm probably going to need a hip transplant. However, I am taking meloxicam, which helps a lot, but I know it's very bad for your liver and kidneys. Yeah. Um, how do I, uh, what kind of turmeric do I buy to take the inflammation out of my the, hip? The best thing is to take it to sublingual drops. Sublingual yeah. drops, okay. If you can find this turmeric power uh, drops and the canicurmin, because you're in the States, you can get that. A can of Kierman is an extremely powerful combination of cannabis with turmeric. Uh, if you can do that, maybe check into the, the cannabis extracts. Then you should also do the oregano. You take okay. a super Why strength. the oregano? What will that do? Uh, the oregano is extremely powerful topically. Oh, okay, topically. Okay. Yeah, and, and under the tongue, in case you have a fungal overload, you can't believe how much inflammation is caused by candida and fungus. Uh, just uh, anecdotally, I, told, I think I've told you this story, uh, Cass, but one of my twin boys, when he was very young, um, he woke up in the middle of the night uh, hallucinating with a high fever, which is not you know, unusual for a small child, uh, but he had that telltale whooping cough kind of sound. And we thought, oh boy, here we go. So we rubbed the oil of oregano on it, on the balls of his feet, on his shins, up and down his spine, on his chest, and I tell you, the next day, gone. It was, it was not a trace. Could I just get one quick question? Also, hold, hold on. We'll 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 do that when we come back, uh, Dana okay. in Vermont. Yeah. Hold on. More of your questions, comments for Dr. Cass Ingram, the wild turmeric cure, right here on the Conspiracy Show. Providing the evidence and letting you draw your own conclusions. This is The Conspiracy Show with Richard Sarrett on Zoomer Radio. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of The Conspiracy Show with Richard Sarrett. Heard every Sunday night from 11 p.m. to 1 a.m. on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. The owners of the system are asleep. Now we can play The Conspiracy Show with Richard Sarrett from Zoomer Radio. CassIngram.com, CassIngram.com, C-A-S-S-I-N-G-R-A-M, and uh, the latest book, uh, what are you up to now, 20 books? The latest is 26, 26, but who's counting? Uh, The Wild Turmeric Cure, The Wild Turmeric Cure, and we had uh, Dana in Vermont uh, who was holding on. He had one more uh, question. Go ahead, Dana. Yes, uh, doctor, I just wanted to get your idea on... um 
on the stem cell injections for um, for arthritis. Yeah, it. Uh, if there's any way that you could shut that inflammation down and see if you can get along and using the herbal medicine, that would be the first choice. But you know, yeah. some of these things are better options probably than, than artificial titanium. Um, one of the things you should think about is something called bone active. Uh, bone active capsules with the raw bone. You know collagen and all that? Yes. You're going to get better results with the raw bone microcrystalline hydroxyapatite than just bone broth and bone soup. I see. So you might look into that technology. It's in my book, the, that osteoporosis book I wrote. Okay. Could you just tell me that product again, sublingual? The sublingual canicurmin and turmeric power plus because under the tongue you can take it repeatedly and then give us some, give me some, you know, get in touch with me. Let me know how you're doing because, you know, you're preparing for surgery. And that was no, the, bo the bone-building miracle. The bone-building miracle was the book, right? Uh, the bone-building miracle, yeah, it's in that book. That, the turmeric cure and the bone-building miracle. No, I'm, I'm not, I'm not going to have the surgery. Oh, rather, okay, good. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. no. All right, Dana. I ended up uh, killing my mother with staph infection. Yes, oh, exactly. Dana. It goes on the titanium and you're, you're toast. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Okay, sir. Dana, thank all you. the best. Wishing yeah. you all the best. Okay, Bye. thank you. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Roy is in Cambridge. I'm assuming that's Cambridge, Ontario. Roy, good morning. Welcome to The Conspiracy Show. Good morning. Good morning. I wanted to ask you about that uh, recipe you had for making that, uh, making that the liquid, the milk. the milk, and so on. Yeah, you take you take your turmeric, organic one or quality. You yeah. take some some like a, you know like some cinnamon powder, okay? Yeah. Some some ginger powder, and you don't even have to use the black pepper. Yeah, then okay. you bring that milk. And, you're, and you put it in and let that milk simmer for about seven, eight minutes, you see? Yeah, and simmer, yeah. And then it's now melded in. All the flavor from the spice is melted in. Yeah. And then you add the butter and the honey at the end. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Or you can buy it pre-mixed and do it that way, either way. Now, is this recipe in one of your books? It's in the book. Which, which it's in That's the wild turmeric cure. I have like ten recipes for different kinds of turmeric drinks. Wild Turmeric. Wild turmeric cure. Cure. Yeah. Okay, and is that available at the bookstore now? Mm, it's a little bit difficult. I got several of us got delisted. You know, when Amazon's like a beast, it eats everything up. Right. So the we I got delisted from the bookstore. Somebody called me up the other day and says, "Are you is Doctor Ingram dead?" I said, "Well, you're talking to him." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So go to com. So, and at least you can buy it from me. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Oh, are the um, I mean, when the pharmaceuticals figure out how to, I guess, make sort of a synthetic version of this, they'll be. They're trying. They're they're trying. Yeah. But until then, they want to shut people like you down. Apparently so. I don't know what happened. I mean, uh, you. Now, all of a sudden, there's a chaos. They can't get my books. But they, if they go to my website, I have thousands of copies. Yeah. So there's no problem on your website. No. I see. Okay. So, and that that do you figure that would be a good thing for arthritis? Yes. And if for sciatica too. You can or make the premix. It would you take it every night for yeah. arthritis? Yeah. Take each night, eh? Yep. I see. All right, Ray. Okay, thank thank you. you very much. Yeah. Appreciate it. Thanks for because calling. Ginger. You know, I had one guy. 
He called me up. I was on WBZ. Mm-hmm. He said, I got a bum shoulder. I, what do I do? I don't have much money. I said, go get a ginger root. This was 20 years ago. Shave that root. Right. Put it in hot water and drink three cups a day. He calls me back two weeks later and says, Doc, I don't have any more pain. <laughs> Just the ginger root three times a day. And, and how much do you put in? With a little in? lemon. With a little lemon, sure. See? We can make a home remedy if we just know it, which, how to match the, the remedy to the illness. What is it about the lemon? It, 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 it uh, alkalinizes the body? Yeah, I can never say that word. Alkalinizer, it's a stimulant, it's a tonic, and of course the ascorbic acid wouldn't hurt anybody. But that's counterintuitive because it's an acid. Well, but it's, it's alkaline when you burn it. So ah. when the body combusts the lemon, it becomes an alkaline. It's only the organic acids. It's an odd thing. All right. Yeah. If you wanted to put together the sort of the ultimate, uh, you know, just before bedtime, that's going to help you sleep. It's going to turmeric milk. Turmeric milk. That's the mm-hmm. one. Eh? Yep. From what we're talking about today. And and then if you can do that, maybe if you're a little bit sugar sensitive, go a little less on the honey. So if or you went maybe in, you use stevia. If you but went see, into honey's a, a sedative too. Sure. So if you don't mind the honey, it's good. Uh, honey's also great uh, and, and antifungal too, isn't it? Antifungal, antiparasitic, anti-H. pylori, antiseptic, and uh, and it's just nourishing raw honey. And now, of course, you're going to heat it, but you're putting in at the end of the heat, not too bad. Right, but you, again, you've got to get the. You want the unpasteurized. You want the crude, the most crude, natural honey you can find. And and so what we just said was, for a few pennies, a person could have a sedative make them sleep better. And that they would also be fighting inflammation, and they would also be also improving their flexibility, and they're doing it for all these callers we had. You see, they're dealing with something neurological or with pain. When you walk into a health food store, and here here in Toronto we have Ambrosia and we have um, yeah. Noah's and so oh, forth, Healthy and, Planet, and yeah. all different things. Well, so if you're, how are you? What are you going to ask for when you're asking for turmeric? Are you going to? Mm. Is it a capsule, or what are you going to get? For the Canadians, for example, you could go to Healthy Planet, and you could even find my book. The, they have some, uh, or it's Ambrosia in some of these places. Ask for uh, ask for the wild turmeric extract. And how they does that come it, in a capsule? Try to give you a different form. Does it come in a drop or a capsule? Capsules are drops under the tongue. Capsules are good. Uh, drops under the tongue are probably better. Sublingual. And and how soon? Let's say you've got um, arthritic pain. Would that also work for osteoarthritis? Yes. And so how soon would you expect to feel different? So within forty-eight hours. Really? If it's a good one. Now, if it's this corrupt, just isolated three pieces of two hundred and forty. You might take 10 bottles and notice nothing. Um, so, so it has to be just a crude extract. Watch my video. You see me di- just digging this muck out. Nobody's doing it. All, everybody's taking the curcuminoids, three chemicals, isolating them. Then everybody's wondering why they're not getting better. You know, and they're putting all that nanotechnology in there and all kinds of stuff. Uh, and I proved it in the book. That this is a this is the problem. This is why they're having these issues of adding all this biopurine and black pepper and phytosomes because they don't know what to do. They can't get it in the bloodstream. But if you like, I, like I said, if you make the turmeric milk, it goes into the bloodstream. Whoopee! You know, if you take the wild extract, which is not common on the market, but uh, you can find it in some of the stores. You just have to know what you're looking for. So. 
obviously, turmeric is, n- is not going away. As I mentioned earlier, uh, everyone is jumping on the bandwagon. You've yeah. got uh, all of these uh, food and, and beverage companies that when they include some, whether it's a turmeric latte or a turmeric uh, yogurt, sales go through the roof. But if you buy these products, turmeric in yogurt, is that going to have any benefit or turmeric in your latte? If it's full-fat yogurt, you see what I'm saying? Right. And uh, if you do it, uh, if you just buy the dust and just put it on stuff willy-nilly, but if you cook it in a curry powder, then it gets into your system. All right, let's go back to the phones. And George is in London. Good morning, George. Welcome to The Conspiracy Show. Are you there, George? I'm just wondering about the turmeric and uh, drug interaction, prescription drug interaction. Yeah, nothing. Most of us uh, have arthritis uh, on drug me- heart medications. And other- yeah, nothing at all, except you'll need less medication. Right. No so that if you're taking anti-inflammatories, you can work with your doctor to reduce down those doses mm-hmm. or get off of them altogether. If you're using the Terma milk or making your own, if you're using this Termerol, but they're changing the name of that's a wild one, then then you can reduce the medication at least by 70%. Sounds great. See? You can, because it's doing the same thing. No cases of interaction. Drug no, interaction. nothing like that at all. It's a spice. Or Nobody no. asks me, can I have curry powder with my Celebrex? <laughs> <laughs> all right, George, good luck to you. I hope everything works out for you. Thank you, guys. Yeah. So, um, as the health hunter, I mean, you must log a lot of miles. I do. Where do you... What else can I do? I mean, you know, you got to get in front of people. They need the support and help. And then the radio. But you're, what, I, what I was getting to is you're going to these far-flung places. Yeah. And you've already, you know, you had this bad case of Lyme disease. Yeah. yeah. I mean, uh, and, and I know you're, an, you're not a vaccine guy. No. So when you go to some of these places where they have diphtheria and they've got malaria. Yeah. And what are I'm you... going now to Kenya. I'm taking, I'm shipping 24 bottles of super strength. Five bottles of probiotic, known as Healthback, which is very effective. And I'm sending the turmeric, and I'm sending my bug and tick spray. I'm sending it in advance down there, because I have to spend a week in Kenya. So you just load up on this stuff, and and you you and feel I'm confident load up in you're. My gut, you know, I'm going to load up before I go, because I don't want that stupid, you know, disaster like I got. When I got this tick bite, I wasn't doing anything. I was in the woods having fun for a week. I didn't take anything. You couldn't believe how healthy I was stumbling through those woods doing that research when I made one mistake, and I, I almost killed me. You know, But I, at least I learned what to do for the Lyme disease. And look at that guy. I told him, you know, you didn't have a lot of ticks, did you? That's my Colombo way of asking. And, and, and so I'm like a, a beacon for this, this problem now. I well, know what to do. I'm getting emails from everybody I put on the protocol. They're all getting better. Well, the the, the scary thing about Lyme disease is it, it seems to masquerade as so many other yeah. things, everything this from Parkinson's to heart disease. It's an epidemic, and this we're not the even... It's important. It's the great mimic. So that's why when I'm in an audience, how many have Lyme? You see three, three hands out of a hundred. I said, how many, how many don't know they have Lyme, you see? Because... It comes like this. Somebody gets a bum knee. He gets a bum knee out of nowhere. And maybe it migrates to the elbow. Then it goes to the other knee. He's got Lyme until proven otherwise. Somebody has MS. 
they got it in the in, in the summer or spring, or they have MS-like symptoms, or they have tremor, and they're younger. They're not 75. It's Lyme until proven otherwise. Somebody develops Bell's palsy. It's Lyme until proven otherwise. You see, who's going to think? And and then and doctors still don't know how to diagnose, and they don't. Eye starts bulging out. I, I keep one eye more than the other. This is usually Lyme attacking the ocular uh, bulb. Will it also attack the thyroid? Oh yes, Hashimoto's type symptoms ah. can be Lyme. Uh, somebody develops extreme exhaustion, and they're like a sleeping sickness, sleeping all the time, and they're younger. We have to check for Lyme. Interesting. All right. Fibromyalgia, arthritis, rheumatoid arthritis. It can attack and destroy the joints. The Cass, heart. we are coming up on uh, on tick season, so we're going to have to get you back on and talk you. more. There's no winner. Cass, always a pleasure. Thank you. See you around. CassIngram.com, the wild turmeric cure. And my thanks to Ian Robertson, Albert Fenzel, Ryan White, all of you for listening at home. Back next week with a brand new program. In the meantime, don't be afraid. There's nothing concealed that won't be revealed and nothing hidden that won't be made known. What I say in the dark, speak in the light, what you hear in a whisper, proclaim from the housetops. Move over, Aphrodite. I'm coming home. Good night. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.